Today we conclude our series at the feet of Jesus. We have come to his feet and we've found people there over the last few weeks, people whose lives were changed at the feet of Jesus. We saw where some had been forgiven at his feet. We saw where others had been healed at his feet. We saw where some came to his feet in prayer. Others came to his feet in worship. This morning, I want us to conclude our time at his feet as we look at finding salvation at his feet. If you have your copy of scripture with you or if you're going to follow along in the Bible app event, I want to invite your attention to John chapter 19. In John 19, we hear John's description of Christ's time on the cross. And as we look at that, just a a few verses from that description, we're going to consider some of the people who were at the cross, some of those who were standing at his feet at the time in which he died. As I thought about what that must have looked like and what it must have been like to be on Calvary that day, I I considered what it must have felt like to be at his feet in in a way that no one else had ever been at his feet before until now his feet were either on the ground or walking on the water. And in order to get to his feet, one had to kneel or lay prostrate or be close to him. Now, as he hangs from the cross, having already been lifted up from the earth, as it says in Scripture, now those who are standing close by are at his feet. Who were those people? What did they see? What did they experience? We've been blessed through the years to have talented and gifted songwriters to help capture some of what that might have been like. And we have some beautiful words through hymns through, the, through many years and even current choruses that, that help us understand what it might be to find salvation at his feet. Jesus Keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain, free to all, a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain. Another writes, beneath the cross of Jesus, I fain would take my stand, the shadow of a mighty rock within a weary land. Another writes, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. Another says mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. At the cross, At the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in awe of you. Where your love ran red and my sin washed white, I owe all to you. I owe all to you, Jesus. 
We sing about the cross. But who was actually there on that hill called Calvary the day the Savior died? Who actually stood at His feet as He hung on that old rugged cross? I want us to consider those people for just a few minutes. And to help us get started, we turn to John 19 at verse 25. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And From that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. The Bible tells us of a number of people who were at the cross that day. Beginning in our text, the first people that we find are the women who were there. Folks have a lot of fun trying to figure out exactly the names of those ladies. There was Mary, his mother, and then there was her sister, and then there was the wife of Clopas, could the wife of Clopas and Mary's sister maybe be the same person? And then there's Mary Magdalene, and then there's another Mary as well. And it gets confusing. Don't get hung up or confused on how many and what names. Just picture them as a club of Marys. <laughs> but isn't it amazing that it was the women who were mentioned at the feet of Jesus as he died for all of humanity. The words are almost intimate as it says, but standing by the cross. Scripture says that his 12 disciples, those who had been closest to him, one of whom has already betrayed him, and the other 11, the Bible says, fled hiding somewhere out in the shadows, out in the crowds. But right near the cross, standing, it says, by the cross of Jesus, were these women. These who had stood by him as he taught the truth, as he revealed himself to them. These who stood by him as he demonstrated the power of God through healing. These who stood beside him as he was ridiculed and misunderstood, they stand beside him again. They can't, they can't hold him, they can't touch him, they can't hug him. And Mary, his own mother, stands at his feet. The closest part that she, of him that she can reach is his feet, and she's there. Surely seeing those nails and watching that blood. But she's there. Not only are the women at his feet as he dies for them, and remember that is, that is why he died. He was dying for Mary and the other Mary and the other women and for everyone who would gather at his feet 
But not only were the women there, if we continue in the text, we're reminded that John apparently has returned. All of the disciples have fled in fear. But at some point, John returns, and John is the only one to record that fact, and that is probably because he's the only one who knew that fact. If you look in the Gospels, there are very similar descriptions of the crucifixion, but only John says that John was there. Perhaps nobody else recognized or noticed his presence, but John was right at the feet of Jesus and noticed that he is there in support of his friend, once again serving his Lord. Remember, he is the disciple whom Jesus loved. There is a close personal relationship there. They are best of friends. And John is not going to let Jesus go through this on his own, so John is there. Jesus looks from the cross and he sees John. And over the last three years, John has proven to Jesus that he can be trusted. John know, Jesus knows that he can rely on John. And so he says to his best friend, I have one more task for you. knowing that there's no one else that he could trust with such an important task. Jesus uses some of his last breaths and his last bit of energy before he dies for all of mankind. He is focused on taking care of his mama. The act of redemption is the most important event in all of history, but even it, it actually goes beyond history because it was planned before the foundation of the world. It, the, the plan for this predates history, if we could even say it that way. And it's that important. It changes everything. At the moment Jesus died, everything changed. And from the very beginning and beyond, all of heaven has been waiting for this moment, and it is in this moment of such great importance that Jesus stops and he says to his best friend, take care of mama. And mom, you let him take my place in your life. The women were there. And John was there to serve a very important purpose. But not only do we find at the feet of Jesus as he dies, not only do we find the women and John, but there are also those Roman soldiers. Remember the Jews wanted Jesus dead, but they had no power to kill him. They had to, they had to convince the Romans to do it for them. And here are the Roman soldiers mocking, torturing, executing. We would call them murderers except for the fact that they were following orders. And as they followed those orders, they did so with great glee, making it as hard and as humiliating as possible. And what amazes me and just confounds me is that while Jesus was dying for me, he was also dying for them. 
not only were the Roman soldiers mocking him, but so were the Jewish leaders. The Jewish leaders were right there at his feet, not to support, not to serve, but they were there to mock. They said, hey, if you're king of the Jews, if, you, if you're who you say you are, why don't you just come down off that cross? Show us another miracle. Jump down from the cross. Knowing that although he could, he would not because the cross was the purpose for his coming in the first place. No way would he thwart the plans of God the Father and throw away the, the redemptive plan that God had set into motion, no way would he throw that away just to shut them up. And the Jewish leaders continued to mock. They seemed to enjoy what they were seeing. Also there was the crowd. That was the point of this kind of execution. It was, it was to gather a crowd. The executions on the cross were done close to a, a very public walkway or road, highway, if you will, on purpose, so that the crowd would gather and see that, and, and when the crowd saw that, they would say, well, I don't ever want that to happen to me, so I'll be good and I'll keep the Romans happy. And so it was done publicly, and the crowd would gather, and I want you to think about that crowd because it's the crowd that's in Jerusalem. The reason most of them have come to Jerusalem on that day is to celebrate Passover. To celebrate the time that the lamb was killed for them, for their ancestors. And now the lamb of God hangs dying from the cross and the crowd is there to see it. It's the very same crowd who just a few days earlier welcomed him into Jerusalem. The very same people welcomed him in and said, Hosanna, son of David. And now those who scream Hosanna and lay down the, the palm branches and the, and the, and the coats in the, in the street to welcome him in, those very ones who threw a parade in his honor are the same ones who just hours ago were shouting, crucify him. We want to see him die. Kill him. The crowd can be so fickle directed by those who, those who have sinister plans, those who don't want truth. Crowds can be so easily swayed. And so on one day they're screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna, we praise you, and then on the other day, kill him like a criminal. And they're there for a show. But at his feet, the women are there, John. The soldiers are executing him, 
Perhaps that's where they gambled for his clothes. We don't really know for sure where they were, but I've always pictured it right there at his feet. Jewish leaders are there mocking him. The crowd is screaming. They're loving the the, the scene. But there's one more who stands at the feet of Jesus. He was a Roman leader in charge of at least a hundred other men, but probably more. And it was this Roman leader who was in charge of making sure that the execution got carried out completely. Who stood at the feet of Jesus when the lights went out and all of nation, all of nature rebelled and the sun turned itself off so that, so that nature didn't have to see the Creator in that way. The centurion saw that. The centurion felt the ground beneath his feet shake as, as creation rebelled against seeing its Creator crucified. The centurion heard Jesus using his last breaths to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And it is finished. Into your hands I commit my spirit. And the centurion who saw that and heard that and felt that looked at the one dying on the cross and said, Surely this is the Son of God. His life was changed at the feet of Jesus. There were a number of people there that day and kind of in keeping with our, with our hymn theme and song lyrics, let me ask you one more question. Of all the people who were there that day, were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Sometimes it causes me to tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? It is the the table that takes us back. It's It's the table that takes us to the hill. It's the table that that carries us to the cross. It's the table that allows us once again to, to stand at his feet and to see him on that cross dying for us. We get busy and we get we get caught up in our everyday lives and we're we're, we're moving and going and working and studying and doing all the stuff we do. And every once in a while, we need somebody to remind us. Time to come back to the cross. 
Don't forget. It's time to come back and remember. And that's what the table does. Deacons, would you join me at the Lord's table?